Welcome to episode number 76 of Take Him With You for July 11, 2010. This week we talk about how we celebrated the 4th of July and blew up watermelons. Lots of fun. a nice heartwarming story about how uh, I lost my cell phone and how it was returned to me. That'll be fun. Uh, nice weather that we're having lately. It's kind of fun to talk about that. And then the big subject of the day. We're going to talk about if God is real, then how do we know what he wants for our life? The, the mystery of God's will for our own personal lives. How do we know what that is? The earth belongs to the Nereza. And only one hope remains. Project Eden. An ocean and thousands of miles infested with monsters separate the companions from their last hope for salvation. And all the while, an unseen hand guides their every move. After the dawn comes the morning. But with the light comes the inescapable truth. The human race needs a miracle. Martians Are Here podcast, available on iTunes and through themartiansarehere.com. Yeah, the uh, Martians Are Here podcast at themartiansarehere.com. Dot com. Have you listened to any more yet? You shouldn't ask me that. I keep asking every I, week, I waiting listened. for you to actually well, do I, it. You know, I have listened to a bunch of it, but um, I we listened to some in the car the other day. Yeah. So um, but I still want to listen from beginning to end without your edits and and um. Without my edits? No. What I mean is, like, I hear it over and over again. But, yeah. But not from only part of the story. Yes. Yes. Yeah. If that made sense. Sure. Well, we started up, you know, after Pyramid. Then there was this great interview that um, Hawkeye Meds from the Waffle On podcast did with Stefan, the producer and the writer. Um, and then they put that in between, and then we started Chapter Thirteen. So that's out already. And by the time you hear this, I bet Chapter Fourteen is about to come out. So. It's the second part of the story. That's pretty cool. Cool. Yeah. So you'll have to check it out. Stefan, by the way, is uh, what a great guy from Australia. You have to check out his stuff at themartiansarehere.com. Yeah, there's, there's like 26 chapters in all, right? And you did the first 13 and now no, you're no, starting no. on there's, the there's, second 13. No. No? No. It goes 12 chapters, okay. 12 more chapters in part two, and then 10 in part three. Oh, well, that doesn't add up to 26, so I was There's more off. than 26. Okay. I thought there was only 26. 24. There's 34 chapters. <laughs> okay. And then some specials in there, too. And some specials thrown in, yes, for your listening pleasure. Mm-hmm. It's been pretty inter- entertaining. Um, a lot of variety. Yes. Um, that's been coming out. And of more to Martians come. Martians are here. Mm-hmm. They've got the specials Little Bit by Jan Rhodes, A Little Bit of Trouble by Jan mm-hmm. Rhodes. They've got uh, Pyramid by Mike Featherstone. 
and uh, Once a Jolly Swagman by Simon Middings are the three specials that are out now, and kind, you can get those. Kind of makes me wonder what will come up next. I know a little bit, but not. I can't reveal anything yet. Another little bit. <laughs> you said Maybe there's part bit. two. I don't, I'm not sure. Okay, well, let's talk about what's going on around our house. Okay. So we're sitting here recording the podcast, and Catherine is sending us instant messages on Facebook from the other room. I hear a blurp. Well, I don't know. I a don't blip. Do a blip. And I go, oh, someone sent messaging me. You need to talk louder. Someone's messaging me on Facebook. So I go over there, and it was my daughter from the next room. That's how it works around our house? Yeah. My son called me on the cell phone from his room the other night. <laughs> it's like 10, 10 feet from this room. Yeah, if that, yeah. I was like, what? What do you want? Oh, I was wondering if you could do this. And I'm like, uh, you know. Anyway, mm -hmm. he wanted me to reset the router so he could watch Netflix in his bedroom on the Wii. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he likes that. <sighs> Technology. So we had a, a pretty fun 4th of July weekend. Yeah, it was it was kind of relaxing, actually. We, we um, had to work Saturday, um, mm -hmm. so... Um, Andrew was building a house about an hour and a half away, and um, I was working on my computer, and you were doing some things on your computer. Yeah, I had to edit uh, The Martians Are Here, and I had mm -hmm. to um, work on the newsletter, and I had a couple of other things that I was working on. And, and Nathan and Ivy were traveling because they live like four hours away. So they, Three. Three. Well, it depends on traffic because they live south of Portland, so it depends if you hit traffic or not. Okay. So, um, but yeah, they came up, um, and had dinner with us Saturday night. So that was Did fun. they have dinner with us? Yes. We had, um, stroganoff, remember? Oh, that's right. That's right. Yeah. Homemade. Homemade beef stroganoff. Okay. Yeah. So, um, yeah, we had a relaxing evening Saturday night and then Sunday we got up and went to church together as a family. Um, mm -hmm. up to so, reality in Olympia. We mm -hmm. love, we were really enjoying that church. It's really nice. Yeah. And um, so we did that and then came back and you guys did some things. What? Well, we watched for a while. Oh, we went out shooting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, with the shotguns and the twenty twos. I think Catherine even got to try it on Yeah, I have, I have her on video that I'm going to put up uh, for everyone to see shooting a gun for a first time. She did a good job. She didn't want me to put it up on the internet, so I probably won't. Yeah, she she did she did very well though. She had her own target, mm -hmm. and she um was a bullseye girl. She did a good job. Yeah, she did pretty awesome. Yeah. So and then we blew up the watermelon. Yep, you did. I did. Check it out. This is a little bit of my video of of. You, uh, you can put that on our webpage. I will check it out though. It's really funny. I did it with music and everything. This is Mel the Water Allen, and he is watching us target practice. He is yet one in many lawns family of It's a tradition. Meet his demise. Let's watch. It's a tradition in our home to, um, well, for the last 10 years, we've blown up a watermelon every 4th of July. Mm -hmm. And uh, this time we actually shot him 
which was, you know, only because they don't have big explosives anymore because uh, it's hard to get those and they're not legal. So shooting a shotgun is legal still in the state of Washington. If you're in a place where you can shoot and it's safe. So we uh, annihilated the watermelon that way. And you can go to my YouTube video channel for my video blog and look for Mel the Watermelon Blows Up. We've had a hundred and some downloads in a matter of uh, a day. People like watching fruit blow up. You know, I know this isn't 4th of July, but we're talking about shooting. This is a spaghetti thing when men are like walking. Yeah, because I've had mixed reactions of people didn't think that I should be shooting as a Christian, that I, well, no, a believer. I, I was wanting to say that yesterday, um, our son Andrew, the carpenter guy, um, built a shooting bench so that you could um, put your ammo in your your arm and steady your arm and stuff. I don't know. A it's shooting for table. scope shooting and stuff scope, like that. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so he built a very sturdy one. I'm I'm trying to figure out how they're going to get that in the back of the truck and then out of the truck, but that's not my problem. So it's nope. a very sturdy, um, like it probably weighs about 300 pounds. Well, yeah, well, he uh, used his carpentry skills, I guess, and yeah. that's kind of fun. Yeah, so anyway, so, cool. uh, so we went out shooting, blew up the watermelon. You have to check it out on uh, YouTube.com slash Rick Moyer 777. Look up uh, Mel the Watermelon Blows Up on YouTube, and you'll you'll find it it was quite fun mm -hmm. and we have the whole video of it and a lot of fun you can check that out uh then we went over to um ivy's parents home and just kind of hung out with uh, ivy and nathan and just played with the kittens they have there and i want a kitten now yeah i know i even offered to to babysit the kittens or kitty sit yeah i could hear you drinking your iced tea i'm sorry it was really good it's hot out here today yeah, it's, it's beautiful. I love it warm. And we have an air conditioner now for the first time ever. I can't wait to use it. Yeah, you know, at Tops last night, I had my meeting, and they, <laughs> I said, yeah, for the first summer ever, we have air conditioning because we bought this ductless heat pump, and it's really cool. And it works both ways. It's either hot it, or cold. Except for, I said, except for the fact that my guys think, think it needs to be 32 degrees inside in the no, summer. No, we don't. We do not. Anyway. Andrew does. He'll, like, make it freezing. Anyway. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah, it's a guy-girl thing, I think, or or at least in our sense, instance it is. We ladies like it a little warmer than you guys do. I don't think home. you should generalize because sometimes it's the other way around. Yeah, but for, for our household, the women like it a little warmer, and you guys like it a little colder. Yes. You know, I think my chair, this chair needs to be oiled because it makes noise. Well, that's because you're sitting in my chair. Yeah, well, it doesn't, yeah, anyway, it doesn't matter. <laughs> we bought that for me. I've sat in it like twice. So you're sitting in my chair. It's a nice chair. Mm. Okay. So what are we doing now? Oh, I got to tell you a little story that happened to me yesterday. Oh, yeah. I was uh, going into town to sit down and write notes for this podcast and get some things straight on that and kind of dream for the future like I always do on Monday mornings. And I pulled up in the parking lot and uh, got my stuff, picked up my phone and everything and started walking with my computer towards the restaurant, got into the restaurant, sat down, and I was going to Twitter and Facebook the question of the day. Mm -hmm. And my phone was gone. And I thought, weird, I must have dropped it in the car. So I went back to the car and looked, searched it, and searched it, and searched it. Not there. Came back in the restaurant, looked all around the booth, not there. You even called me from the restaurant phone. Yeah. For me and to call you, your phone. And so, you looked around and, and you around couldn't and find I it. I called your phone. And... 
Yeah. Well, come to find out, the shorts that I had on were different shorts than I normally wear, and the pockets were ripped out in them. Yeah. So when I put my phone in my pocket, it had fallen out on the ground on the street. They they were your Sunday morning shorts. They were holy. They were like, never mind. Okay. <laughs> so anyway, I'm I'm looking around for my phone, can't find it. So I thought, oh, great, I dropped it on the street. So I looked back out there, couldn't find it anywhere. So I cut my thing short because I was concerned that somebody was using my phone, you know. And, and so I, I went home and I called the Verizon store and I got it canceled and started working on the insurance claim when the phone rang. Mm-hmm. And it was the police, the Aberdeen Police Department. They said, is this, uh, or they talked to Catherine and Catherine handed me the phone and said, is, is this Rick Moyer? And I said, yes. And they said, we have your phone. I said, well, do you have, I said, do you have my phone before I even let them say anything? And he said, yes, we do. Um, someone dropped it off at the station. So there are nice people in the world. Yay. And I so I had to drive back in and get my phone. And so I didn't have to spend the $50 insurance claim. That's nice. And I got my phone back. And now, today, I will be working on backup assistant because I would have lost all of my phone book entries. Mm-hmm. That's not good. Yeah. I um, One time I left at my Palm Pilot that was also my wallet in the... Um, the the front part of a grocery cart in Safeway mm-hmm. and went all the way home and realized I didn't have it. And so I called Safeway and thankfully someone had done the same thing and brought so, it in. To you know, the, and that's it, a nice feeling. Yeah. In the world we live in, sometimes it's very hard because people will more often than not rip it off and run. But our experience has been that both the times we've lost something, it's always been returned to us, which is, that's really nice to happen. Mm-hmm course i i didn't have any money in it it's just a phone you know and they couldn't have really used it but um anyway i went and asked the policeman i said so who dropped it off and they said well, they just had set it on the on the door of the police department because it was closed it was the fifth of july and oh, wow. it was a holiday so they just set it on the door so that's where they found it sitting and so they called me and i came and picked it up so i'm very happy i got my phone back Yay. i was going through withdrawals because i couldn't check my twitter oh it's bad when you can't check your twitter yeah, you you survived though, didn't you? Yeah, but I'm having a rough time. Twitter's having a difficult time with their um, their limitations on their uh, messaging, and uh, my tweet deck isn't working. I lost all my tweet twits, and that's not good. So I've been using the regular Twitter, which really isn't as good as tweet deck. But that's most people probably don't even know what I'm talking about. But anyway, it's been hard. Today's a it's a, it's a bad Twitter day. I'm having a bad Twitter day. Oh no! <sighs> I'll be okay. Anything else you want to talk about? Um, I I can't really think of anything right off the bat. What a stunning behind the scenes at the Moyers house. Other than I forgot to take my purse into town yesterday, and you um, were driving illegally. So I was driving illegally, and I I, I was going to go grocery shopping, and I couldn't because I didn't have any money with me. So well, we have plenty of groceries. So yeah, but I'm probably going to go into town today. That's my big. That's your big excitement for the day. Yeah. That's good. Okay, well, let's get out of this then because it's boring, everybody. All right. Oh, did want to say this. Congratulations to Jamie. Jamie, one of our listeners, won the book Dean Ransom Restored. Really great book, by the way. You we, you know, this is funny. Folks, you got to really jump on the bandwagon because over 300 podcasts were downloaded 
and um, and of course, you know, more every day. But uh, three hundred over three hundred were downloaded before we got our winner, and it was the first person to email us. Mm-hmm. And you know, that's really interesting. So you know, when you hear a contest, don't think somebody else has already got it because she she wrote and said, "Hey, uh, I know you probably already gave this away, but." I thought I would say I want the I want the book and she won. Yeah, did you already um send her the book? She's going to send me her address okay. and we're going to just drop ship it right from Amazon right to, to her. her home. Come right straight to her door as a gift. Yes. That'll and be I think nice. you'll really enjoy that. And if you didn't get a chance to listen to that podcast with Curtis, it was really a lot of fun. It's called A Kurt Chat or a Chat with Kurt, either way you can use mm-hmm. it. And it's on our podcast archive. All of our podcasts the the main podcast, the Sunday podcast, are available at takehimwithyou.com slash archive, R-C-H-I-V-E. And you can get every single one of them. We've put them all together on a, just click on the MP3 and listen right there. Or you can right click on the little thing that says MP3 and then save as. And it'll download right onto your computer and you can listen or put it on your iPod or you can go to our iPod iPod, our iTunes site, just go to iTunes store and type in take him with you or Rick Moyer and you'll get um, my Stargazer CD come up and also the podcast take him with you. Click on subscribe under the uh, take him with you uh, thing and it will automatically update every single week along with our midweek booster where we read scripture uh, on Wednesday afternoon and that'll download automatically for you so kind of fun so subscribe to our podcast and have fun with that please and congratulations jamie on winning our contest you won curtis Klinger's really awesome novel called dean ransom restored we'll be back in a moment the treks in sci-fi podcast stand by to receive our transmission sci-fi entertainment news and commentary I am Locutus, a Borg. Star Trek episode analysis. Captain of the USS Enterprise. Pokey religions and ancient weapons. Collectibles, toy, and prop reviews. I am to misbehave. The weekly Treks in Sci-Fi podcast with your host Rico at treksinsci-fi.com. So like Rico's podcast is like the grandfather of podcasts to all of us younglings that have only been podcasting for a couple of years. He's been on podcasting four or five now. And still to this day, I run across people who don't know what a podcast is. That's an interesting thing, isn't it? Of course, mm-hmm. you you know what a podcast is because you listen to them all the time, mm-hmm. and our listeners know what a podcast is because you're listening right now. Yeah, I just tell people it's an on a digital on demand audio program. Yeah, and they and still people understand that kind of sometimes. I I found that people forty years and younger kind of understand the concept, but forty years and older don't really understand it. But we're over forty. That's that's. Oh, just should me. we tell people that? I think they know. Okay. I think the the gray in your beard is is um getting more prevalent by the way. I've noticed in people, my videos and stuff it's like what's this? Telling people you're not as much of a youngling as you like to believe. Oh well. <laughs> 
Anyway, uh, let's see. We have... Oh, by the way, on, on Rico's podcast lately, he's had all sorts of really cool podcasts. If you like science fiction and Star Trek and stuff like that, there's some really great podcasts over at treksandsci-fi.com. Check it out. And a great online community. A lot of very supportive and encourage, encouraging folks that uh, come from all different backgrounds. And you probably really enjoy being part of that over at treksandsci-fi.com. I'm a member. Yep, you are. I, I don't do a lot on there, though. No, you don't. But I've said hi and comment on, on a couple of shows sometimes. But yes, yes, yeah. very, yeah. Forums yeah. are kind of uh, they're, they're a lot of time. Yeah, I only get on maybe once a week to check things out. But it's a lot of fun, so people should come over to that. All right, let's see. It is time, once again, to, we're going through the book of Genesis, um through Joseph's life. And we're now down to a very crucial point in the story. Of course, every part seems like a cliffhanger, but uh, we're going to get into that now in Genesis. So uh, hang on. Okay, for our words of wisdom this week, we are in Genesis chapter 44, starting with verse 30. And here's what it has to say. And now, can't you see that if I show up before your servant, my father, without the boy, this son with whom his life is so bound up. The moment he realizes the boy is gone, he'll die on the spot. He'll die of grief, and we, your servants, who are standing here before you, will have killed him. And that's not all. I got my father to release the boy to show him to you by promising, if I don't bring him back, I'll stand condemned before you, father, all my life. So, um, let me stay here as your slave, not this boy. Let the boy go back with his brothers. How can I go back to my father if the boy is not with me? Oh, don't make me go back and watch my father die in grief. Genesis chapter 45 Joseph couldn't hold himself in any longer. Keeping up a front before all his attendants, he cried out, Leave! Clear out! Everyone leave! So there was no one with Joseph when he identified himself to his brothers. But his sobbing was so violent that the Egyptians couldn't help but hear him. The news was soon reported to Pharaoh's palace. Joseph spoke to his brothers. I am Joseph. Is is my father really still alive? But his brothers couldn't say a word. They were speechless. They couldn't believe what they were hearing and seeing. Come closer to me, Joseph said to his brothers. They came closer. I am Joseph, your brother, whom you sold into Egypt. But don't feel badly. Don't blame yourselves for selling me. God was behind it. God sent me here ahead of you to save lives. There has been a famine in the land now for two years. The famine will continue for five more years, neither plowing nor harvesting. God sent me on ahead to pave the way and to make sure there was a remnant in the land to save your lives in an amazing act of deliverance. So you see... It wasn't you who sent me here, but God. He set me in place as a father to Pharaoh, put me in charge of his personal affairs, and made me ruler of all Egypt. Hurry back to my father. Tell him, your son Joseph says, I'm the master of all of Egypt. Come as fast as you can and join me here. Okay, there you go. That's... uh a little bit more of the final the final reveal just like on those shows that we watch those reality shows 
Yeah, which aren't real reality sometimes. But this is reality. This is good stuff. Yeah, but he finally revealed himself to his brothers as who he was. And instead of being mad at his brothers, he finally, after all those years, figured out that it was God that was doing this. Sometimes that's hard for people. That's hard for us sometimes. Yes. In the middle of not Transition feeling good and not about feeling, things. Yeah, yeah. That to realize that God has his hand in things. Well, even God though, has a bigger picture of our lives, which we're going to talk about today on the program. Because mm-hmm. God's will for our lives, in other words, if you know, his plan for our lives is most of the time not the same as our plan. Yeah, but his plan is usually better, even if at the time we can't see it that way. Yeah, well, none of us, I think, would ever choose to take the hard route in order to achieve our goals, even though sometimes we have to discipline ourselves. I think it's very difficult mm-hmm. when circumstances happen beyond our control. But when, you know, 10 years, 20 years down the line, you can see why they happened because God mm-hmm. was involved. And sometimes we have um, character building times or times where, where we're learning things that will help other people out. Um, mm-hmm. down the road and you know they aren't always fun times i no. i don't think what joseph went through it when if you read um his story that things were always pleasant sometimes no, they, they were pretty devastating and yeah. yet um he decided to stay with god and walk through those times and and we're going to find out instead out. of getting revenge what he does coming up next week well, it might be a couple more weeks because that's clear in chapter 50. Wow. So there's a whole bunch more going on here? I think so. Yeah, this will be interesting. Yeah, it's good stuff. It's been a while since I've read all the way through it. It goes for a long time. <laughs> but it's yeah. a good story. So. Well, I've been doing the daily audio Bible the last three years. And so the in January and February, you go through the book of Genesis every year. And so I, the last couple of years, I've, I've gone through this story several times. And yeah. Pretty cool. Um, yeah, it's a good, good, um, good stuff. Good. Okay. Well, we'll be right back, and we're going to get into our today's subject, which is uh, how do I know what God wants for my life? Hmm. Good subject coming up on taking with you. Just a quick note. Uh, now that the skies are bright and clear in the evenings, at least they are here in the Northwest, and with the warm sunshine and everything, it's been really nice to have. Uh, our access to the sky and we can see all sorts of cool stars and stuff just the other night i watched the international space station fly right overhead big bright star in the sky going about seventeen thousand miles an hour was fantastic you know what i did i put my headphones on and i listened to my latest project stargazer with my earphones on and just kind of got lost in looking up at the night sky really cool opportunity for you to enjoy star watching that's what i made the the cd for you can download it on itunes or on amazon or rhapsody or napster and other different places or you can buy the cd as well and it's really quite a good deal i think on amazon you can get it for about nine bucks Uh, but i encourage you to do that Uh, would you please buy my cd or buy my album enjoy it it's called stargazer And I think you'll really enjoy watching the stars as you listen to that on your iPod or your MP3 device or your CD player or whatever. I think you'll really, really enjoy it. And you just go to Amazon.com and type in Rick Moyer Stargazer, and it'll come right up. You can download it. Or you can just go to my information page with the extra track that's free. There's lots of uh, information that you can get there and some interviews and behind-the-scenes stuff. And you can go there to TakeHimWithYou.com slash Stargazer. That's TakeHimWithYou.com slash Stargazer. 
Stargazer, a collection of songs to watch the stars with. By yours truly. (laughs) Enjoy. food for thought on take him with you today what does god want for my life you know i didn't grow up going to church at all but you did and so I had a, um, I think I had a big stumbling block when it came to really believing in God. I mean, I, I believed in God per se, kind of, but I didn't have any relationship with him or anything because I thought those people were wacky, wackos. Okay. And so when someone would talk about um, God's will for their lives, I thought they were kind of weird because... First of all, I think in order to, you know, I mean, everybody wants to know, what am I here for? What mm-hmm. is my existence? Remember that Star Trek episode where uh, Next Generation, where Data created his daughter? Lal. Yes. Mm-hmm. Hindu for I don't something know. about the lights, I think. I think she named herself and gave herself her own gender, right? Or did he name her? I think he named her. But then she chose her identity. Her. I like, am phys- gender neuter. Yeah. And they went to the holodeck and picked yeah. out. The, okay, yeah, okay, so well, what's anyway, the point of all this? Do you remember when when Lal asked Data, "Why? What am I here for? What What is my purpose for existence?" And he said, "He said, well, that's been debated by philosophers and people for years and years, centuries." She entered the sentient phase of her sentient, sentient, sentient. That's a hard word. Anyway. She kind of sensed she was. I have to be careful of saying that because I could cuss. She 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 was cognizant that she was there and alive and alive. Yes. Well, anyway, her question, big question was, "What is the meaning of the universe? Why am I? Why do I exist?" Mm-hmm. And Data kind of flew over it and said, "Well, that's a, that's up for debate, and it really is because I think as human beings." Mm-hmm. Every one of us kind of has that question time in our lives where we ask, why are we here? Is it just simply an act between my mom and dad that created me? Or is there a bigger purpose to my life than just to exist? Mm-hmm. I think all of us, if we're honest, we all want to know why are we here? Yeah, okay. I think so. And so I think sometimes we hear this, uh, maybe not as much in the regular world as we do in the church world, but everybody wants to know what is God's will for their lives. Mm -hmm. And I think sometimes it gets to be a cliche in the church, whereas most people are just struggling with existence. What what am I here for? Uh, People in the church kind of marketed it and said, I know we can capitalize on people that want to know what they're supposed to be doing, and we'll use them. When, in fact, I think there's a greater need inside of of people to understand why they're here and what they're doing on this earth. Mm -hmm. So the podcast today is going to talk about, in non-religious terms, because if we get religious, I'll I'll slap our hands and say we have to talk about this in a little more common terms. Um, our, Our concept for the podcast today and our goal is, 
what does God want for our lives? Because I think, I think to answer that question, we have there's a couple of different answers for that. One is, what does God want for everyone on mm-hmm. the planet Earth's lives versus personally for our own individual lives? Yeah. And can we find the answer to that? Are there answers somewhere to that? Mm-hmm. And how do we go about that? Because I think once you know why you exist, it's much easier to do what you were created to do. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yes, it does. Because, you know, it's kind of like there's a real popular book that was out in the last few years um, called 40 Days of Purpose. And it talked about everyone finding their purpose. And I think mm-hmm. I think that's a common thing is people want to know that they're special and that God has a special gift or ability or place for them. Uh a special place to shine doing good. Well, and, well, there's there's certain aspects to humanity that are universal, and that is number one to to be loved. Mm-hmm. Number two to fit into a place where you belong. That you feel needed somehow. Right to be needed yeah. exactly where you belong and where you feel valued and valued. needed. Yeah, and I think that valued, those are human traits that if we don't get those, severe things can happen. Well, I think a lot of depression comes from. When people don't feel needed, they don't feel or they like don't have they a direction, have a place maybe or right. direction. Yeah. So, um, I was thinking about an Old Testament scripture I used to have on the bathroom wall, and I I can't remember the address off the top of my head, but this is a Hebrew scripture that says, um, "Live justly, love mercy, and walk humbly with your God." And and maybe you're going to slap me now because that might sound clicheish, but um. I think that 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 is one of the things that covers you were talking about the bigger spectrum of things like for everyone is right. is these are three qualities to um live justly, be kind to everyone, do what's right, love mercy, realize that not everyone does what's right all the time, and you're going to give grace and mercy to people, and then the last one is walk humbly with your God that don't be arrogant and proud and, you know, realize that we're all a work in progress and that, um, we have a big God and, um, we aren't just big stuff ourselves, but we're part of his plan. Yeah. I think I, I, I agree with that. I think though, let's look at the bigger picture of things because, um, I, we're, we don't know exactly who all of our audience is, mm-hmm. but there are people from all walks of life that listen so let's go back to the uh, little. Let's go back to the very beginning of things and talk about, a little bit about the concept of there actually being a will or a destiny for our lives. Now in Star Wars, you know, you hear Darth Vader say, "Luke, it is your destiny," you know, to come and join him on the dark side. And mm-hmm. and, and so in fantasy and science fiction and things like that, you hear things said like your destiny or what is your purpose and all these different things. So that exists that the, the psychological part of it exists out there in the world of what am I here for? But let's go all the way back for a moment and talk about a biblical story where we kind of lost our purpose and our direction. Because when, what we believe is that in the Bible, it talks about Adam and Eve, the very first human beings on the planet. Mm -hmm. And God had created the earth and he created it good 
and he put them in a garden which had everything in the garden for them to eat and and take care of themselves and and God would take care of them and walk with them and they had this paradise basically mm-hmm. where they lived and they were naked they didn't even realize they were naked that's just how they were made they were just innocent right they were innocent they had they had an awesome life there was only a couple of things that they were asked to do one was to guard and keep the garden that's what mm-hmm. he told to to Adam, Adam. And then the other thing was there was a tree in the garden that they were the only tree in the garden that they could not eat out of. And do you remember what that tree was? The tree of the knowledge of good and evil. That's correct. And so they could have everything else except one thing. Mm -hmm. And God said, the reason I don't want you to eat out of this tree, because once you eat of it, then then you basically you basically decide for yourself what's Mm -hmm. right and wrong. And I don't yeah. want you to, do, I'd like to decide for you. It kind of, it loses their innocence and then they are making the, they're being the God of their own lives. They're exactly. having to make their own choices instead of being in this realm of innocence and, and Where everything was taken care yeah. of for them. Yes. Where they just trusted that the God would take care God, of them. Right. That he would take care of them. Well, as we all know, and most people, even if they're not of religious, you know, persuasion or they don't know anything a whole lot about the Bible, they do know this story mm-hmm. that, um, what happened was the serpent or Satan was in the garden, and so Adam wasn't doing his job. He wasn't guarding and keeping the garden, mm-hmm. and somehow the serpent got in and was in a fruit tree. We don't know what kind of fruit. Most people do use an apple as the example, but we don't know. It doesn't mm-hmm. say. And um, he was sliming around in the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Mm-hmm. And it says that Eve was walking about, and she saw this tree, and she knew that God said not to eat out of it. Yet the serpent started to tempt her and say, you know what? This is really good fruit and you'd really like it. Mm-hmm. And and then she, of course, was she was very knowledgeable of what God's will for her life was. And that was not to eat it. Mm-hmm. And she said to the serpent, no, no, no. This is the tree. We, we can't eat out of this fruit because uh, when we do it, we'll surely die. Because mm-hmm. God said to them, as soon as you eat this, you will die. And, and, and God wasn't referring to the fact that they'd croak over and fall on the ground and twitch. He was saying he they would die spiritually. spiritually. Yeah. And so anyway, long story short, Satan tempts or the serpent tempts Eve, she eats of the fruit mm-hmm. and says, No, you know what? He doesn't God doesn't want you to eat of this because he knows that if you do, you'll become like him, mm-hmm. knowing good and evil. Right and wrong. And so she eats it anyway. And then the Bible says, so the guys don't go, see, yeah, I see it toes of the woman's fault. He turns to uh, or she turns to Adam, who's standing right there. Mm-hmm. and gives him some of the fruit, and he eats too. And they, they immediately, the Bible says, they died spiritually. And then they, mm-hmm. then all of a sudden, all these things opened up to them in a bad way. They ran and hid themselves. They tried to put fig leaves over their private parts. They, they, uh, they ran away, and they hid, shaking in the garden. And when God came to walk with them like he normally did, they were hiding. And, and God said, Adam, where are you? And he finally said, I'm here. Why are you hiding? Well... And he says, who told you you were naked? Mm-hmm. Well, all of a sudden, well, of course, God knew what was going on. But but um, all of a sudden, what happened was their innocence and their their trust and everything was broken because they disobeyed God. And therefore, the human race, now this is what we believe now. So understand, I mean, I, we understand that there's people that don't believe this, and, and we're not trying to ditz any other religions, but this is what we believe as far as believers are concerned. Um, then from that point on, the human race, because we all came from Adam and Eve, um, was stuck in a very perpetual bad situation 
of being unhooked from God. A, a cycle of sin, sin and missing sh- the mark, basically. Yeah, sin and shame. And guilt. And guilt that came from... From disobeying God and being unhooked from him. And so from that point on, the human race has struggled with sin or Mm -hmm. with doing the wrong things or making their own choices, basically. Well, and I forgot the last part. Sin, shame, and then control. After they sinned, they they fell in shame. They lost their innocence. They realized they messed up. And then they tried to control their situation by by making their clothes and, you know, sewing the leaves together and stuff. So... There's, you know, a lot of times people will, will see that cycle in their lives. If they mess up, then they feel ashamed, and then they mm-hmm. try to control things. And and so today I think we'll probably talk about how to get out of that cycle a little bit. A little bit. bit. I, I think it's, it's the, like, like I said, the reason I explained that whole situation back in the Garden of Eden is so that now the human race struggles with why do we exist. See, back then there was a purpose. Garden, keep the garden. Mm-hmm. Take care of the things, the animals and all the different things that we put in the garden or, you know, that, that God put in the garden. There was a purpose and a reason for, for Adam and Eve. And then they were going to multiply the earth. They were going to have kids and mm-hmm. so on and so forth. And even though they did that, there was this element of disobedience that came into the picture. And now people began to be confused of what God's will was for their life because mm-hmm. they started taking up their own will and they started inventing their own religions and their own ideas and philosophies and stuff. And as a result of it, it became this wide variety of people uh, to the point where, I mean, we could go through and we could look at the flood with Noah and how the earth had become, this is many years later, obviously, uh, mm-hmm. there, the, the earth became corrupt and there was murder and violence and it was just getting crazy like it is today. You know, there was all this bad stuff going on. And then the the whole earth was wiped out with a big, huge flood and everything to basically start over again with, what, six or seven people? Was it seven? Six? Um, Six. Actually, eight. Well, yeah, because the wives. Noah's wife, three sons, and their three wives. We don't have to get into all the details. (laughs) But, but But the fact is that given to our own devices after a period of time, it's self destructing. And that's why you can look on the earth today and there's wars and there's people never, even in this sophisticated age that we live in with communications and medicines and technology, there's still, everybody's at each other's throat and there's power and corruption and greed. And there's a reason for that way back when, because we decided what was good and what was evil. And so therefore it's difficult sometimes to find out what is the will of God for my life. So, so first you have to establish, is God real? If you even if if you even care, you know, if you don't, you should just turn this off because it's not going to help you any. But if you do have an inkling that God is real and that that he might have, you know, you hear these people say God is, is he loves you. He has a plan for your life. Um, and, and then when they say that, what they're meaning is that God is real and he has created you for a purpose and a reason. The trick is to find out what that purpose and reason is so that you can live a life worth living. Mm-hmm. It may not always be easy, but it will be fulfilling, and you will make a mark on in life the way you were created to make that mark, if that makes sense. Does mm-hmm. that make sense? So yeah. we have to establish, first of all, if you're listening, you have to decide, is God real or not? Now, you can even do something, like some people pray, and they say, God, if you're real, then I want to serve you. I've heard that prayer before, and I don't think that's a bad 
prayer to pray because I believe that once you once you you kind of have to take a step by faith. You can't see him, you can't feel him per se. I mean, I know people say that they have seen him and they feel him, but really, honestly, God God is invisible, but so is the wind. But you see the trees move, so and and air, you can feel right? you can feel you the <laughs> yeah, exactly. So it's not like that's a a, a hard thing to believe. It's just a matter of it, the other thing is okay. So you believe in God now. Do you believe that God is personal? In other words, there might be this all big being like there are in lots of like uh, science fiction programs, like the or the Great Spirit or or all these you know this big huge you know something out there. This this being uh, you may believe that way, but now as believers, you and I, Amy, we believe that God is personal. That He actually has a stake in our lives and He knows us personally. Mm-hmm. So you establish that God is real and that he actually has an interest in our lives. Now, now we can tar- start to talk about what does he want for our lives? And that simply is called God's will. What is What does God want for our lives? And, and in order to talk about that, I think there's two different ways that we need to talk. The first way I want to talk and just kind of bump this off of you, you already said it in the scripture that you read, uh, and I'd written it down, not the scripture, but the but the concept of what you said. And that is, there are certain things that God wants for every person on the earth, mm-hmm. male or female, young or old, whatever persuasion of life that you are in. There are certain things that are universal. Mm-hmm. And then we're going to talk about what personally, what does God want for our lives? So we can talk about basically what God expects out of every human being. And we get this from the Bible so that everybody knows we're not pulling this out of thin air. This is something that the Bible's very clear on. And the, at least you and I, have, as we've read the Bible, we see this. Now, again, we're not going to preach any dogma. We're not going to talk about what this church believes or that church believes. We're going to simply talk about what Scripture says and the basic human needs uh, that, or, or the basic things that God says in the Bible that he wants from us as human beings. And so the very first thing that we're going to talk about is our heart mm-hmm. and how remember we talked about this story of adam and eve falling in sin or missing the mark in the garden of eden because they ate of the tree they weren't supposed to and they were unhooked from god the reason that god sent jesus to this earth at, in human form to die on the cross for our sins and then raise again and and destroy death and all this other stuff when we put our faith and our trust in jesus christ what happens is we become hooked back up with God again. That is the plug-in. That's the plugging your your cable into the modem. That's that's the hooking up to the internet when it comes to spiritual things. Mm-hmm. That Jesus provides a hookup between us in our fallen state because of what happened in the Garden of Eden. We now become hooked back up and fully functional again with what God wants for our lives because we hook up to him. So he wants our heart. That's the number one thing. And so when you read that scripture, do you still have your scripture there? Um, the one I quoted from the Old Testament, mm-hmm. it's, um, I don't have it in front of me. I just memorized it where it says to um, live justly, love mercy, and walk humbly. Um, it says, I think it starts out, it says these are the three things that God requires mm-hmm. of you. To, um, and the last one is? Is to walk humbly with your God. Mm-hmm. To, okay, so, so to walk humbly with your God, you got to be hooked up to him. Yeah, you got to acknowledge who he is and how great he is and, mm-hmm. you know, that you rely on him. So here's the good question. 
so we know that that is God's will. That was what God wants out of every human being is he desires to be in a relationship or a friendship with us. Well, and I, I mentioned to you before we started recording that the New Testament on the same, same premise, uh, a young man, a, a rich young ruler came and talked to Jesus and he says, well, how can I be right with God? Mm-hmm. And he, Jesus kind of said the same thing, but in a different way. He says, love God and love your neighbor as yourself. Love and, God and love others. And that kind of Yeah, but he also said, thing. take all your possessions and sell them to the poor and then come and follow me. Yeah. Because he realized that the rich young ruler, mm-hmm. the possessions and the things were more important than God to him. Yeah. They were controlling his life. And he said, go sell them all and then come follow me and then we'll talk. Mm-hmm. And, and he actually said, what can I do to have eternal life? That's what he yeah. asked Jesus. Right with God. Same thing to me. But anyway. Well, there's a. Yeah. So anyway, it, it kind of this same idea in the Old Testament scripture is talked about your relationship with God. Mm-hmm. Um, walking okay, humbly so, with God. Well, let, no, okay. Worshiping God. Right. So let's talk about that then in layman's terms without getting all religious because notice it didn't say go to church no even though we go to church Mm -hmm. but we do it because of this thing we're going to talk about Um, not before if that makes sense that makes sense to you okay well anyway um, notice it doesn't say join a specific religion do you notice that okay it there's what 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 the Bible is saying, the concept is get your heart right with the creator of the universe, with God. Mm-hmm. And the way that we know how to do that, if you look at scripture as a whole, mm-hmm. is to receive what Jesus did on the cross for us by by dying for us and then raising again. The recycling truck is here, by the way. Oh, no, I think it's a neighbor pulling into their driveway. Oh, it could be. Tessa's our, you know, we're here on a nice day. We have the windows open, so you're going to hear kids and everything else going on and, and our dog barking because Tess really likes cars. No, she doesn't like cars. Well, she barks at them. But anyway, here's this very important concept. Mm-hmm. So, so what we know of Scripture is that if you will receive Christ into your heart by saying, God, I, I, I want you in my heart. I believe what Jesus did on the cross for me. And I, I just give you my whole heart because the Bible says in the New Testament, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is your boss, in other words, mm. you give your life over to him and say, I believe Jesus, you, you can run my life. And uh, you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead so that you actually believe in Jesus and the fact that he did give a sacrifice of his life for us, um, that we will be saved. And the word saved there means to trust in, to cling on, to rely on, to to basically be um, given eternal life. I, I think one, um, one definition in Greek, if you look at the word save, means to be brought into an open space, meaning that sin, sin binds you up. And, and missing the mark and not yeah yeah and all the stupid stuff we do the the silly things that we do on our own make us bound like in chains right and the word saved it meaning that it brings us into an open freedom with God mm-hmm. that we're not bound and controlled and um 
and run by run selfish by, desires and yeah that our mistakes aren't our masters anymore excellent and um you know one thing it says that jesus came that we might have life and that life more abundantly mm-hmm. so instead of being bound up and um burdened and controlled and controlled by our mistakes and our missing things and messing things up in our lives we're set free it's like a child from that selfish nature from yeah. deciding what's right and wrong it's like we have our innocence back it's like a child that's dancing in a field of daisies they're free they're not well that's your concept things. i don't i don't wish to dance in the field of daisies well, I'm, I'm talking spiritually got it that that you're not bound up in darkness but you're in a bright open you've space you've been set free you've been set free okay so that that is the number one concept that that we need to look at what is god's will for our lives well the first one is to be hooked back up to him mm-hmm. you know i think that one of the verses and i didn't write it down but it says sometimes people talk about god and how how could you serve a god that would send people to hell right and one of the verses and i don't have it looked up right now but it just came to me like oh yeah i need to say that is that it says that that um, God's will is that none should, should perish, perish right. but all should have eternal life. And it also says that hell was not made for men, but it for wasn't the made devil for and his angels. No. Right. So it wasn't, you know, it's a place that if we choose, we can we can go there if we want. <laughs> sure. But God didn't make it for us. Right. He did. He His will is that none should perish. He right. wants everyone to be free to live in spiritual freedom and not be bound. But uh, I think one of the interesting things to, to talk about then is that if if the number one thing for all of us on the earth, God, God's will is for us to be hooked back up with him again, we need to, how do I put it? Um, we need to realize that, uh, that that is out of love. He, he didn't make us into robots. He didn't make us serve him. Yeah. And so there's a, a choice if we want to serve him or not. Which I think is loving, in fact, because you really can't love someone if you don't have the choice. Yeah, we have a we have our own free will. Mm-hmm. We can choose to love God, or we can choose not to. Right. It, it wouldn't be much for you to say, "Tell me you love me," if you had a knife to my throat. Right. I mean, because well, you would say the words, but you wouldn't mean it. Yeah, but but you know. So, and I think sometimes people think that you know mm-hmm. some of these evangelists and people on TV and the radio and stuff will say, or preachers will say, you know, they'll hold the knife of hell to people's throat and say, if you don't accept, you know, you're going to go to hell and you're going to burn and all these different things. And that isn't um, fear is not a good motivator, even though we do need to understand that there are ramifications for not serving God. That there there are consequences for not receiving Him. But he gives us the choice to or not. I mean, we don't mm-hmm. have to. And that's why I think some sometimes people get it mixed up in, in religious places uh, where they just they use fear and intimidation and manipulation when that isn't God. You know, um, you either serve him or you don't. You have that choice. And if you do serve him, you know, there's some things that you can do that really help your relationship with him. If you don't serve him. There's a passage in the Old Testament where it says God sets before us life and death. And then it says after choose life. Choose life. Just I mean, he's giving this strong suggestion well, because he doesn't want us to die well, and listen, be destroyed. Amy, and, now that we've had children, uh-huh. we understand that concept. Yeah. We didn't understand it before as much. But now that we have kids, you know, we we tell them what we think. 
Mm-hmm. And then we said, we really would like it if you'd choose this. And now, sometimes and, they and we do, can go and over, sometimes they don't. Sometimes they don't. <laughs> and you can go overboard as a parent. You can be real controlling and mean and nasty, and that's not good. No. But, but the fact is, there are moments in life when when we there's a certain way we want our kids to, to decide, but we give them the option to not decide mm-hmm. that. Yeah. And they have to suffer the consequences of their decisions. Well, and they have to learn to make their own choices. Well, well it's we just something they want to buy. Like the you want to buy this certain thing. We say, well, here's the money that you have. You've got these things coming up. You really should save it and not spend it on that. But you make the choice. It's your money. Mm-hmm. You have to decide that. And sometimes they decide to get the thing and then they suffer the consequences down the road when they can't go to a certain event or they can't get the thing that they were looking to get. And and they have to live with that. That's called life. Mm-hmm. So not all of us always choose what we want, what our parents want for us. But in this case, um, I think God has given us out a plan that if we'll follow it, we'll be a whole lot better off. We'll be back in just a moment. This is Jeff from Champ Podcast. After you finish listening to this excellent podcast, I invite you to come listen to ours. My co-host Jason and myself cover open wheel auto racing, focusing on Formula One and IndyCar. Each podcast we review the races, we talk about drivers and teams, and all the news and rumors as well. So come give us a go. We can be found at www.champpodcast.com, that's with one P, or in iTunes, search Champ Podcast. Champ Podcast, the world's fastest podcast. My friend Jeff from Canada is a really cool guy, and that's his podcast that he does with his friend. And uh, we've been talking a lot. I think him and his wife, Jeff and Teo Teo, are going to come down and visit us. Yeah, that'll be a lot of fun. Yeah, we're going to have a great time, I'm sure. Show them the sites. I think and, it'll be next month, though. Yeah, and maybe by that time our flowers will be in bloom. Yeah, well, we've got sunflowers now, but... I want the sunflowers to be in bloom. And my sweet peas will hopefully be blooming They'll by probably August. be bloomed out by then. I don't know. They haven't started blooming yet, so mm. we'll see. So we're talking about what does God want for our lives? We've talked about the very first thing that's universal is that God wants to be hooked back up to us. He wants to be friends. And and even more so, I mean, sometimes we take that real casually and say, God is my homie or, you know, my homeboy or whatever. And, you know, we take that a little bit too far and, and get a little bit too, too flippant with it. God, but the simple simple thing is we find from Scripture that God wants a relationship with us. Mm-hmm. He desires it, which is a good thing. It's not a bad thing. He's not the God that says, you shall not do this, you shall not do that, even though that's been programmed into us. There, God really, there's, there's many things that he wants to do. He loves to be hooked up to us because he created us, and he knows what's best for our lives. And if we will enter into a relationship with him, we can then talk to the person that wrote the owner's manual for us. Mm-hmm. And there is there is wonderful peace and security and lifelong learning and compassion and help and all that that comes from that type of a relationship. Well, I think then in the New Testament we t- talk about Jesus and he introduced this concept of God being our Father mm-hmm. and even used the word Abba, Father, what? which Take I take a chance on me. No, not that Abba. Oh. Um, it was the Greek or the um, Abba. It's um, it might not be Greek. It might be um, the Arabic word. Anyway, um, for daddy, and you know, daddy denotes even a closer relationship than father than just father. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think there are times where you look at God as as being, you know, the great creator that he's awesome and 
and and big and huge and then there's other times where where he's your daddy and and Jesus introduced that concept and that was kind of some of the religious <coughs> folks at the time got upset at him because it was too casual for because them because it's like you're calling the great god the creator your daddy and they they were ticked off at him yeah so anyway but that denotes a relationship that which it, is different and and I think a lot of times people struggle in life of accepting god into their lives through what jesus has done because of the relationship they might have had with their earthly father. Yeah. And so if you had a really good relationship with your dad, then it's not a hard concept to go, okay, he wants to be involved in my life. But if you had a dad that you don't really communicate with much or that treated you wrong or abused you, then you're going to have a tougher time accepting this whole concept of God being your father, I mm-hmm. think. Yeah, I'm, I'm, it's more than but a thing. But beyond it's all that, happens. the fact is that God does want a relationship mm-hmm. with us. And the way that we can see through Scripture for that relationship is to receive Christ into your heart and ask him to be the boss of your life. And from that point on, then there are certain things that begin to happen. Your mind begins to change on some things. And there are also some risks involved. There are some some, some no-nos that we'll talk about in a moment. Mm-hmm. But But the first thing that we believe that God's will is for universally, for everyone, is that they get hooked back up with God. And again, we're not talking about religion we're talking about a relationship Mm -hmm. so know this we're not telling you that you have to go to a certain type of church or a denomination or or sell yourself out to religion or anything like that we really believe that the first thing we all need to do is get right with god and to do that we need to receive christ into our hearts at least that's what we see in scripture Mm -hmm. Uh, the second thing that i think is universal is that god wants us to treat others out of love not out of of um hate well, that's what Jesus said. Jesus says, love, love God and love your neighbor mm-hmm. as yourself. So that actually has three people. Love God, love your neighbor, and love, and love yourself. yourself. Yeah. Yeah. And so that's a very, very important thing. So we know universally for everyone's life, God's God's will or his, how do you put it, um, what he wants for our lives is to be hooked up to him and to treat people kindly, including ourselves. Mm-hmm. And then the last thing that I have as universal is that God wants us to walk in truth. He wants to decide what is good and what is evil, not not us. Does that make sense? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, because well, we're not God. And you okay, know, sometimes so, we'll see something and we'll look at it and we can try to make a good choice on what we know, but we don't know everything. Right. Well, the Bible says that God has written his laws on our heart. So deep down inside, all human beings know what right what right from wrong is. I mean, of the concept of it. That's why um, we, we, at the earliest stages when a kid is developing, you know, their first words are no and mine. Because <laughs> there's that selfish yeah. nature that's inside of every one of us. Yeah. Well, it may be, you know, some may be real sweet, some may not be. But the fact is we all want our own way early on. You know that. Oh, yeah. 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 And... But the question then that begs begs the thing, and this is a whole podcast in itself, what is truth? Because in our society now, we live in a in relativism where one person's truth may not be the other person's truth. But that doesn't make biblical truth wrong, per se. How do I put it? Everybody decides in their own eyes, essentially, what is right and wrong, which is a concept that the, that the world believes in right now. Mm-hmm. However, I have to say that you and I, as believers, we believe that truth is wrapped up in God. 
Well, and and this might be stretching it. Hopefully, I don't lose someone here. But but Jesus said, mm-hmm. "I am the way, mm-hmm. the truth, and the life." And also says in the book of John that that the word of God and Jesus are kind of the same thing. And I know that that kind, could do a kind whole, of the same thing. Well, it's the same thing. But anyway, that could be a whole nother podcast. So maybe you okay. shouldn't go there. But well, that is a whole nother podcast that we want to talk about. Yeah. Why? Why is Christianity or believing in God and Jesus? You know, why? Why do they believe that they are the only way to get into heaven? Because it seems narrow minded. But there's a reason behind it. There's a reason why we believe that, and that happens to be some of the words that Jesus said. Yeah. And so we'll we'll have a whole program wrapped Maybe around we'll, that. That's a whole podcast. Well, I think I think people need to understand why do why do Christians get their hackles up, you know, when um when other religions are involved. Yeah. They get all freaky when they don't need to. I don't think they need to, but there is a reason behind it. There because there's fear involved and yeah, they're a little bit nervous. I, I remember getting cussed out by my art teacher when I was in college because to me I, I did an art presentation based on that scripture that Mm -hmm. said jesus is the way Mm -hmm. and so i had there was a sign popular in the 70s called the one-way sign and to me that was just a symbol of my belief and that i love jesus and i serve jesus and he was my way he was the truth right and she She cussed me out because she thought i was being narrow-minded and you know that wasn't my intent at all you know, because... Um, well, I think it can be misinterpreted in the way that people talk about that scripture, yeah. which we'll do a whole new show. But yeah. but uh, anyway, so truth. Now, let's just say, we'll just establish right now um, that God's, God's plan for our lives or what God wants for our lives is for us to walk in the truth. Now, what the truth yeah. is, however, needs to be, you know, talked about. Well, and that, again, is another program in itself. Yeah, and yeah, we'll just save truth for another time because I have a lot I can say on that too, but... Um, where are we going to get to the point where, cause I'd like to share this little scripture passage, just it's 11 verses or. Well, why don't we just do it right now? That sounds good. And We're going to conclude this part of, of universally, what does God expect from us? And this is from a new Testament perspective. Yeah, this is, um, I believe Paul, um, one of Jesus's apostles or guy followers that was a teacher in the early church. And he was writing this to a group of believers in the town of Thessalonica. Um, so anyway, here we go. This is kind of summing up to them. He'd been teaching them about how to live a life in a godly way, in a good way. It says, one final word, friends. This is verse one. We ask you, urge is more like it that you keep on doing what we told you to do to please God, not in dogged religious plod, but in a living spirited dance. You know the guidelines we laid out from you from the master Jesus. God wants you to live a pure life. Keep yourselves from sexual promiscuity. Learn to appreciate and give dignity to your body not abusing it as is common with those um, who know nothing of God. Don't run roughshod over the concerns of your brothers and sisters. Their concerns are God's concerns, and he will take care of them. We've warned you about this before. God hasn't invited us into a disorderly, unkept life, 
but into something holy and beautiful, as beautiful on the inside as the outside. If you disregard this advice, you're not offending your neighbors, you're rejecting God, who is making you a gift of his Holy Spirit. Regarding life together and getting along with each other, you don't need me to tell you what to do. You're God-taught in these matters. Just love one another. You're already good at it. Your friends all over the province of Macedonia are the evidence. Keep it up. Get better and better at it. Stay calm. Mind your own business. Do your own job. You've heard this from us before, but remember, a reminder never hurts. We want you living in a way that will command the respect of outsiders, not lying around sponging off your friends. And so anyway, to sum that up, he basically says, treat others res- respectfully and also treat yourself respectfully is kind of what I got from that passage. Um, again, love God, love others, and love yourself. And so that's just another. And the reason why I chose that passage to read is because I read it out of the Message Bible, but um, the New American Standard translation says actually says this is God's will for you. Right. And um, well, and there and there's the whole thing is is again we we just want to reemphasize getting your heart hooked back up to God is a good thing, and then loving people is really important. And loving God and loving people is is the most important thing that there is. It's not a set of rules and, and religious dogma that we should be following. It really is God that we should be following. Mm-hmm. And that's that's hard for some people to do because it's easier to follow a list of things and check them off and say, I've done my duty, than it is to be compassionate and to challenge yourself to be kind to people. That's hard yeah. to do. If we think about how different the world would be today. If we all loved each other? If we just followed those two greatest commandments. I know, love it would be way God different. and love their neighbor as yourself. Yeah. I mean, there'd be far less abuse going on to yes. our own bodies, yeah. to those around us. Yeah. Um, we would be kind and loving to everyone. Okay, well, we're going to run out of time, so I want to make sure that we talk about the whole idea of what does God want personally from us. Mm-hmm. Now we're going to get more specific. Um I think the very first thing that we need to understand is that in order for you to find, to know what you are called to do in life, what you're what you're supposed to be doing, I think the most important thing is is again back on the universal thing is to be hooked up to God. You will never know what you were really created to do until you get to know your creator. Mm-hmm. And uh, it would be like pulling out a manual we're like right now we're looking for our refrigerator manual because the the uh, filter is going bad and we need to get a new filter to filter our water. Uh, well, we can't find out what the model number of the filter is unless we look up. I the... think we just need to look it up on the Internet. Well, <laughs> but, but this is what I'm saying. Yeah. If you don't have the manual, it's very difficult to yeah. to function properly. You have the machine function properly. Mm-hmm. All of us that are geeks know this. When you have a computer or an iPod or anything like that, if you don't know how to run it, it could do a whole lot more things, but you wouldn't know because you don't. You're not reading the manual, yeah. and it's wise to read the manual, even though um, human nature would try to do it on our own and yes. mess everything up first. But see, I think our mind, <laughs> our mindset changes when we say, "Okay, I can't do my life. I could do my life on my own, but I choose not to. I want you, Jesus, to be my boss." That is when your mind starts to change because something mm-hmm. spiritual happens on the inside of you. That and walking humbly with our God. Yeah, you get hooked back up with God. And then yeah. all of a sudden, 
you find some of the reasons you were created. The other thing is to really just look at our own lives and say, what is my natural natural gift and what is my natural um, bent towards? Mm-hmm. And we do that as parents. We look at our kids and, mm-hmm. and we'll, you know, I saw that Nathan was, and you did too, was, had a lot of the same gifts you did. And music and that music video and, video and visual. And, and he's in, at a university right now getting a, a media and cinematography degree. Because right. that's, we could see those were right. his gifts. Same and, thing with Andrew. We watched him. He is much better with his hands and building and fixing things and very service oriented. And he so, what does he do? He has a degree people. now in carpentry mm-hmm. and finish work and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, so that's what. Now I don't know what Catherine will be, but but I'm sure it'll be good. Well, I know one thing, and we've talked about it with her is she's just very good with children. And so mm-hmm. one of the things she's thinking about right now, which she's only 14, she may change her mind, but. Mm-hmm. She's thinking that she might like to be an early elementary school teacher. I think she'd be great at that. Because she'd be really good at that. Because mm-hmm. she's really good with, with children. But That's there's, just there's a great scripture, though, that says, Train up your children in the way they should go, and when they are older, they will not depart from it. Mm-hmm. That has been used to say a lot of different things. But if you actually look at how it's written, it says, Train up your children in the way that they're good and vented at or talented The way in. God has bent them. Yes. The way they're, that they're made. Um, so that's one of the secrets yeah. then of finding out what the will of God is for our own lives. Examine your own life and say, okay, what am I, what am I good at? What am I have? A, what do I have a vent at? Mm-hmm. And then kind of pursue that area and see what, what doors open because you might mm-hmm. be a good counselor. You might be a great chef. You could be a mechanic. You could be, there's all sorts of different things. Now, remember um, what you do isn't who you are. Yeah. You know, universally, we're all, you know, we're human beings and we live on this planet and we're awesome, you know. But what do you do with your life? That's a completely different thing. You kind of have to examine your own life and say, what are the what are the gifts and the talents on the inside of me? And what can I... Here's the other factor to remember, though. Now that you're a believer, as a believer, our job is to bless other people and to help other people do what they're called to do as well. Mm-hmm. And so... It's not necessarily you do your career and you do what you're vented at to make lots of money because money isn't always success. The amount of people that you help and the, and how you treat people and lead people into the kingdom of God is far more important than the money you make. Mm-hmm. So that's another factor to, to figure in what is God's what does God want for my life? Well, he wants you to help other people. Well, and another scripture that popped in my head as we were thinking is that um, it says... That God will give you the desires of your heart. Um, and selfishly, we've translated that and say, well, if I, if I walk with God, then he'll give me everything I want. But there's another way to interpret it, which I think is more accurate, is yes. that God can put desires mm-hmm. in your heart. Like, so he may give one young person a desire to go help the orphans in right. Africa. Right. He may give another young person a desire to go to medical school. Yeah. And I think God can place desires in people's hearts. He can. And, um, and, you know, he made us. He knows what we're going to be best at. So, um, and, and there's nothing wrong with talking to your friends and your family about, you know, what do you see me doing and, and stuff like that. But, you, but the most important person you need to be um, mm-hmm. really concerned about is God. Another really um, overquoted scripture that people quote a lot, but it's good along with this topic. It says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. 
Lean not on your own understanding. Acknowledge him in all your ways and he will direct your path. So another way, it goes back to walking humbly with your God. Right. If you know that that God is bigger, he can see everything that you might not be able to see and you're trusting in him and he as you trust in him, he will direct your path. And then another which, version says he'll yeah, make your path straight. Which is really important now. Once you have received God in your heart, it's important to pray and ask God what he wants for your life. Yeah. See, that's the whole thing. Communicate. God, what do you want from me? Mm-hmm. What What do you want me to do with my life? That is really important because what he wants you to do isn't necessarily what he wants me to do. There are, again, universal things, mm-hmm. but there are also individual things. And there's some cautions that come along with that. Yeah. And and I will, I'd like to cover those before we end. Uh, the very first thing that we really need to be careful of when you're when you're considering what God's what He wants for your life, His will, is being careful not to conform to religion. And and what I mean by that is, um, definitely I can tell you this: God does not want you to become a religious zealot, picketing and being mean and 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 forcing your dogma on others. That isn't what well, God that, wants. That goes against the first two commandments: exactly. love God and love. Yet that is what a majority of people will do. They will they will come to God and then, because they don't spend the time to really find out what He wants for their lives, they just go right into this thing of religion because it's easier. It's easier to follow a set of rules and to go to a, a a bless me club and to just go through all the things because then you're not responsible for really following after God you just have to follow a set of rules that's been do, being done since the beginning of days mm-hmm. and that is religion and that's not what you want you want a relationship so be careful of that and remember this relationship with God is far more important than dogma mm-hmm. in other words um that set of rules even though it's tempting to try and get those knocked out and get that checklist taken care of it's far more important to have a a relationship. It would be like if, Amy, if we had a set of rules for our marriage mm-hmm. and you and I tried really hard to always do those rules but never really communicated and had fun together, what would it be? It'd just be... It'd, it'd just be, be rules. <laughs> it'd be rules and it'd, be, it'd get old really fast and we wouldn't mm-hmm. want to be married. Yeah. So there's... But, but because we have a relationship, we have a lot of fun together and we like talking about different things. Well, yes, there are certain rules that we have in our relationship, but... It's far more important for us to have that root of the relationship than just to follow the well, rules because then it becomes cold and dead. And if if rules are basically based out of just respecting one another and loving one another, then that's okay. Right. I mean, it's just you just can't concentrate on the rules. But there right. are some rules that for protecting each other that mm-hmm. that we may have in our home, you know, sure. but that's out of respecting each other but the rules aren't aren't our relationship they are just guidelines for us so that our relationship is enhanced and goes better Mm -hmm. last thing very important and there's far more we could talk about we're running out of time um anybody that claims to know the will of god for your life personally Mm -hmm. i would i would caution you to, to be very careful if somebody tells you, if a pastor or a leader or somebody comes to you and say, I know what God wants for your life specifically, and they begin to tell you this, if that doesn't make your heart jump in an awesome way, in other words, if it doesn't confirm what you already know, mm-hmm. run away. Yeah. Run away because there are so many religions and so many people, even in religious circles, that will try and manipulate you. Listen, if you will spend the time, every believer... It is guaranteed, right in the Bible, 
that if you will spend the time to get to know God, he will show you what he wants for your life. And you don't need to have a preacher or a, or a, a overbearing elder or a, 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 you know, whatever, this mm-hmm. bishop or whatever, tell you what you have to do or a cult leader that says, I know the will of God for your life. You need to make lightsabers for a living. You know, those kind. that's not, that's not how it works. Yeah. And, and be very, very careful because sometimes we can get involved. We, sometimes we are so desperate to find out what we're supposed to do that we'll take whatever someone says. Mm-hmm. And then our li- I remember this one guy that had a prophecy over him. That they said to him that he was going to be a musician and play guitar and all these different places. So what did he do? He quit his job, got a guitar, and sat for a month and, and had no musical talent whatsoever. Yeah. He and had, didn't feed his kids. Yeah. It's like he had three small kids and... He stopped working to okay, well, that, play guess guitar. What? That, that wasn't like, in his heart ever. That was never something that he felt talented or gifted at. But he took some guy who was, you know, getting money from his offering, you know, to tell him what to do. Be very cautious. Now, listen, I, I am not saying that we shouldn't listen to pastors, that we shouldn't listen to elders and to the church and stuff. Like that. No, no. I, I think they're really good and, and they're awesome. And they when they teach the Bible, it's great. But but remember, this is a personal relationship with Christ, mm-hmm. not not one with where, where somebody else is going to tell you what to do all the time. And and I really think it's important when someone has a word over you or says something to you, it should always confirm what has already been established in your heart. And it should line up with, with the a Bible. Bible. If it goes against, you know, the Bible says that a man who take who doesn't take care of his own family mm-hmm. is is worse than. An, an infidel. An infidel and whatever, you know. Whatever that means. Is. But anyway, they're just saying that that you're not being a godly man if you're not doing your best to provide for your family. Yes. And so to, to quit a job to fulfill what some quack said to you, yeah. um, that's not going in the right direction. Yeah. So anyway, um, anyway, take what people say. And with a grain of with salt. With a grain of salt. Sometimes it can be encouraging what God's already put on your heart. Mm-hmm. You but know? that's the whole key. If it if it already encourages you with if something that's in your confirm something. something, then you can you can go, Wow, God put those people in my life to really confirm what I already knew. Mm-hmm. And that's just very, very important. Don't just take blindly what people say. It's very yeah. important. It needs to line up with the Bible and it needs to line up with what God has already put in your heart. Yeah. Now let me emphasize uh, as we close, let me emphasize um, I think it's really good for us to be involved in a community of believers. So I, so I think that church is a good thing, and I don't want people to think that we're ditzing on church. Mm-hmm. But I do think that God's will for our life it, and our relationship with Him is far more important to to have a close personal relationship with God than it is to have a close personal relationship with a church. And I think we go to church because we have a relationship with God, and we want to have uh, we want to have um, uh, relationship with other people that believe the same. But I I think in our society, we've put way too much emphasis on joining a club or having somebody else tell us what, what's up when we can go and we can read the Bible ourselves and we can line up with what's going on in there in our relationship with God to find out what he wants for us. And then as a result of that, then we can join a community and be part of things mm-hmm. after we already kind of established what does God want for me? You know, that's very important going into things. And it may be working in the church and it may be not. Well, and I'd encourage anyone that listens to our podcast, you know, sometimes we'll pull a scripture up from memory. 
Um, I would encourage you guys to get a Bible and or to, to get onto a Bible podcast. Like I listen to the daily audio mm-hmm. Bible where it goes through the whole Bible it's in free. a year. You can it's download free. it every day. Um, there are lots of different podcasts, Bibles. You know, I encourage people to get a more modern translation so it's easier to understand. Like New Living Translation sure, or even a sure. paraphrase is okay for just reading through. And get the get the whole context of the Bible and f- so that you're not... So that when sometimes people will quote something out yet to say, oh, this is what God wants you to do, you can say, oh, you know, I've read the Bible and that, that just doesn't seem right. Or mm-hmm. you can say, oh, yeah, that, that lines up with what the Bible says. So yeah. that's cool. Yeah. So. Well, in conclusion then, I guess uh, the most important thing we want to get across on this one, this was a little more spiritual than we usually jump into, but I think it's important because I think everybody wants to know why do why am I here? Uh-huh. So I think it's really important to just emphasize what we talked about. Universally, for everyone, we believe that God wants to be hooked back up to us. Mm-hmm. So our heart is very important to God. He wants us to be kind to people and walk in truth. I think personally for us, we need to examine our own life and let our mind be changed by God in the ways that we are vented or talented at and kind of look at how can we love people and God with what we've been given, the gifts and talents that we've been given. And and then to be careful not to conform to religion, but to be transformed by our relationship with God. And those are basically how we find out what we're meant to do. And, and life goes much better when you know, well, not necessarily, you're not promised like Marshmallow Land or La La Land or, you know, perfect everything. But you can know this. Um, you can know that you are serving God to the best of your ability, and mm-hmm. and uh, He doesn't require us to be perfect. He just He just wants our heart, and He uses imperfect people every day. I should know. I am one. I think there are no perfect people, but but Jesus, God, yeah. yeah. So there yeah. you go. Anything else you want to say before we close? I think I've said a lot today, so I think... Let us know what you think. We'd love to hear some feedback. This was a little deeper podcast. It was a little bit more thought-provoking, more thought, you know, so let us know what you think. I think think. it's important, you know. Every once in a while, those are good to have. Yeah. Okay, so uh, you can let us know what you think by emailing us, rick at takehimwithyou.com. That's rick at takehimwithyou.com. You can follow us on Twitter, at Moyer777. We're on Facebook at facebook.com slash rick.moyer or amy.moyer, whichever you want. Um, what? Oh, we have a YouTube uh, video blog, youtube.com slash rickmoyer777, and all that. So let's pray, and then we'll close. Okay. okay. Father, thank you that you care about us and you love about us enough to know us personally. God, I pray for every single one of us that we would understand better what you want for our lives. Because, Lord, I know that what you want for us is much better than what we want or what other people want for us. So would you show us, Lord, as we get closer to you, as we treat people with kindness, as we explore how we can bless others and be a blessing, I pray, God, that you would show us more and more every day what we're here on earth for and what we're supposed to be doing with our lives. Reveal, Lord, your will for our lives and what you want for us, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Cool. All right. Uh, We will talk to you next week. We have all sorts of fun stuff planned, but I I don't have my notes up in front of me, so I can't tell you what the next one is. That bad? Well, we'll find out. It'll be a mystery. Yeah, well, it's not that much of a mystery. I have a list. (laughs) I just have to pick the next thing on the list. So, Anyway, thanks for joining us. Uh, Take Him With You is a Moyer Multimedia production 
That's Moyer Multimedia LLC production. Copyright? 2010. All? All rights reserved. Thank you. Okay. Say goodbye, Gracie. Goodbye, Gracie. My name is Meds. And I'm Kelly. And we are the presenters of Waffle On Podcast. Now, once you've finished listening to the brilliant Taking With You podcast... What in the wide world of sports is that? It's a podcast that's spiritual, but not religious, and all about Rick's geeky life. What? Does he like geeky TV? Indeed he does. What? Like TV we like from 1960 to 1999? Indeed, and that's why he listens to us. That's what we're about. We do British TV broadcast between 1960 to 1999. So come and find us. You can find us at Podbean. Just type in Waffle On Podcast or iTunes. We'd be honoured if you'd join us. Hi, this is Kenny. And this is Jenny. We're the hosts of Knights of the Guild, the official fan podcast for the award-winning web series, The Guild. We're not like your typical fan podcasts. Both Jenny and I have worked on several seasons of The Guild and take our listeners behind the scenes to share our fun and crazy times on set. We also have exclusive interviews with cast, crew, and fans of The Guild. We keep you up to date on General Guild news and the latest happenings of our cast and crew. So please give us a listen on iTunes or at knightsoftheguild.com. Hi, Russell. Are you like Mommy? Are you doing a podcast? A podcast. Podcast. Good boy. That is pretty much the cutest thing I've ever seen. (laughs) Podcast. Anomaly. Something that deviates from what is standard, normal, or expected. An oddity, peculiarity, irregularity, inconsistency, incongruity, a rarity. I'm Jen. And I'm Angela. And we're the socially functional co-hosts of Anomaly. The podcast with a unique perspective, a female perspective on all things geek. Star Trek, Star Wars, Lord of the Rings, Buffy, Firefly, gaming, books, costuming, and general geek topics. The sometimes monthly, but always entertaining, Anomaly Podcast. Anomalypodcast.com Rick, my brother, how art thou? I enjoy listening to your show very much, and Amy has become an integral part of the show, so keep up the good work, my friends. And I'm also pleased to hear that you enjoy listening to my little podcast, Appy Times, which is a short weekly review about cheap or free applications for the iPod Touch, the iPhone, or as us geeks like to call it, the iThingy. So come along and spend a few minutes with me waxing lyrical about these fantastic little applications. I can be found at appytimes.podbean.com or simply look for me in iTunes. Rick, my friend, keep up the good work. And happy times, brother.